And we are back with another Morning Roast edition of the Black Window Cream Podcast, where every Wednesday morning we deep dive into creative topics with the goal of giving you a daily dose of motivation and inspiration. I'm your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Real vs. World. This is my co-host, David Malave. What's happening, Dave? What's up, man? I think I, I just have a feeling that someone special is about to walk in here. I'm not, I'm not sure, though. Yeah, it's kind of like Christmas. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't wait to see who it is. Uh, well, today's topic is called How to Become a Full-Time Music Festival Photographer, and we thought... You know, our our boy Danilo, he was on the podcast, I don't know, how long ago was that? It was episode 120, so maybe like, I don't know, four, four months ago? Two, four months ago. Maybe. Four months ago? He's, he's nodding. <laughs> and he ripped on some, uh, his whole story and has come up in the festival game is super interesting. So we thought, you know, let's invite him in and just chat on it for a little bit. But maybe we should just, should we call him and see if he wants to come here? Yeah. Danilo! Oh shit, he's here. He's here, yeah, ladies here, and gentlemen. Hey, what a coincidence. Hey, the crowd grows crazy. <laughs> Danilo Lewis, everybody. How you doing, dog? I'm doing amazing. You're good. Um, you've you know, you've created you've done over twenty five music festivals in one year. He's had insane, like in depth, I guess, experience when it comes to music festivals. And so we wanna talk with you about that today. But before we do that, if it's your first time tuning the podcast, you're probably wondering What the fuck is black with no cream? Great question. Black Window Cream is the illest educational resource for content creators fueled by caffeine. Or at least I take my coffee, Black Window Cream, but you can drink or not drink whatever caffeine you fuck with and still be a part of our community. We have thousands of members from all around the world working together by sharing content, asking for feedback, passing tips and tricks along to one another with the goal of pushing each other to become the best motherfucking content creators on earth. And you can join our private group if you want to by going to bwnc.com slash join. We would love to fucking have you. Please join. And without further ado, I bring to you this morning roast episode with Danilo Lewis and the second most epic podcast intro ever created right motherfucking now. Joe and take some fucking notes. You bitch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Danilo Lewis, he's in the house. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Another crowd crowd applause. Um, photographer, you travel the world. Yes. Um, you're a people person. I try. You work with some ridiculously sized artists like the chain smokers. Yes. Um what else? How else can I elevate or pitch you? Um, I'm getting myself into that country world, doing the stadium tour for uh, Florida Georgia Line coming up. Oh, shit. Wow. Nice. So moving nice. on from the arenas now to the stadiums. There you Ooh. go. Make a nice little workout. Yeah, you're going to get those steps in. Oh. 15,000, oh, yeah. 20,000. You got to utilize that photo mask, like oh, yeah. big tripod thing. Damn. Yeah. So impressive resume. Everyone needs to tune into your episode. We'll put the link yes. in the description for that. We'll put links in the description so we don't have to say this over and over again throughout the episode to all your socials. So you guys make sure to follow Danilo if you're not already. Um, but yeah, what do we, how do we want to start this out, Dave? Yeah, so <clears throat> I think we'll, what I would love to get into a conversation about is essentially I would love you to shed light on the festival photography scene. Like okay. how does it work? What's like the infrastructure? How do, you, like, how do you break in? How do you get your work seen by the right people? And then what's, this, what's some strategies to make a name for yourself in this space? So we'll just start off. Um, can you explain how it works? I know that you've worked with so many teams, you've worked with so many festivals, and I don't know that everyone really knows exactly how it works versus being an in-house photographer for a festival or shooting for artists 
directly? So, I mean, as far as being an in-house photographer, um, like you guys mentioned, there's a lot of teams already set up with a lot of these festivals, like the Insomniac teams, the Golden Voice photo teams, they tend to be the same ones usually. Right. Um, there are some that are kind of outside teams or members that kind of get plugged in here and there, depending on like location usually. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, I would say that's like the main, main way of like, if you want to be a full-time festival photographer, it's getting to know who the players are as far as the teams are um, that are out there, mm. um, the, the photographers that are there, who is like, who owns these teams, who manages these teams, who, um, yeah, like all these, all the members that are located in so many different areas. They're not always, you know, there's so many different pockets right. of festivals. Um, so you always will get the guys who are in New York, the guys who are in like for the Florida area, mm. obviously California. Um, so it's essentially getting to know your area. It's like the main way I would say. Right. I think, I think it's uh, one po important point for people to realize, I think is like, for example, Coachella is a golden voice festival. Right. So golden voice is the one handling golden voice is the company, the yep. production company or whatever you want to call it. That's handling the festival, whether an EDC, for example, is insomniac, right. ACL and Lala are C3. C3 and yeah. so knowing kind of the infrastructure of that, I feel like helps. And because those are the that that's the the contact entity that's going to be hiring the content people. Correct. Yeah. Am I right? And, yeah, and, that, and usually it's like a, a marketing director for one of those festivals that's essentially handling all that marketing, right. which is what you know content falls under as far as a festival is concerned. It's everything. It's just marketing material for them. And right. for you coming up as a photographer, DC area. Was yeah, DC area. Yeah. DMV. Um, yeah. Coming up, you you wanted to try to get your hands into any show that you could, yeah. you know what I mean, to try to shoot, right? So it became important for you, and you talk, talk about this in depth in your episode, about trying to build the relationships with these different venues. There's yeah. like a couple main venues that you, you know, and Dave did the same thing in his yeah. city. It's like you wanna find out how you can get access to those spots, which yeah. is kind of always comes down to relationships. And that's yeah. the same in the festival circuit. And it, it helps, you know, cause how you, how you start establishing those relationships where you live, it's how you're gonna, you know, mer like merge that or, um, tra like transform that sort of talk of how you got into those venues into those festivals. Right, you know, right. it's the same the same way you did it for those venues is the same way you can do it for these festivals. I mean, I did it for the fest first festival I did on my own, aside from being on a team where I was like, you know, no one's, I don't know any photo team that's on this festival. I'm just gonna go on Facebook, find the information out, message whoever I can message that's available there and go from there, see what happens. From and the that, teams? Like, you're talking about like message people that are part of the production? Production, right, for, um, for, that, for any festival. Yeah, right. Um, and I essentially did that, um, and I, I did it locally. I, I looked for my local festivals, because it's much easier to get your foot in the door as far as festivals is when it's local, because there is no travel, there is no accommodations. It, like, your expenses for the, or the expenses for the uh, production team for the festivals is yeah. less. So right, you're right. kind of more of an asset locally than you would be if you're shooting a festival cross country. Right. Exactly. Um, and that helps, that's the way I did it. I was like, I saw a festival that was local to me. I was not aware, like I looked through their socials, I looked through all their feeds, didn't see anything that was like cohesive as far as content was. It, to it told me that there was no one specific that was handling that every year. Hmm. And I was like, how can I add that value to them? I'm like, hey, I can control the way your, your content looks, like this is the value I bring where you're always gonna have a cohesive look, you're always gonna have top quality work, and I'm in the hometown, I'm, I'm in that area. It doesn't cost you, you know, crazy amount for flights, flights hotels, hotels, all exactly. of that. Um, especially during a festival, hotels go for premium during a festival, so right. that's like a huge, I mean, that's a huge value that you're bringing into it. It's like, okay, well, 
we're not gonna add that. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a fee that they're not thinking of, right? And they can concentrate on just your fee. You can concentrate on just coming in, and it's like again, it's like an added value that you are in that area. How, what was some of the ways that you would approach when you started reaching out, like? the first festival yeah. it's in your hometown that was an advantage um how, how did you approach them to get their attention was it showing them work that you've done at past shows yeah so at that point so yeah i'm what i used to do um and i learned that from a colleague of mine early early on which mm-hmm. was um you know this is when websites were just sort of starting to get a hold on how you showcase your portfolio but i always found it that i mean at least in my case whenever i put a link like here's a link to my website I, I always thought it was like, how many, how often are people really clicking away from that email? Right. And for me, it's like, I don't want them clicking away from that email. I want them to stay in that email. So I just created a PDF, a PDF of a portfolio of my, like the top images I had. And that's what I would send out. And I did it for artists and I did it for festivals. Smart. Because um, it's in the email. All they do is just click on it. It pops up right in the same screen. The moment they click out of it, it's right there. It's right. still in that right. email. No, that's true. Um, yeah, so that's that's the way I, I really did it at that's the beginning. Awesome. Yeah, you definitely want to limit. I feel like there's so many th- parts of this that come down to like eliminating barriers of yeah. entry, right? So that's eliminating a barrier of entry, which is like, okay, I'm counting on them to exit this email and actually do the, do the due diligence of my site yeah. and then come back and reply. Right. That's a barrier of entry. Another barrier of entry is like, you live in Florida, but you want, you're trying to get into Lala. So you're trying to hit up C3 and, and tell them that, oh, hire me, but also... I need to be flown out. Also, can you put me up? Like, and so, you know, J- Joe Larkin talked about it. And I'm not sh- there's a bunch of people who have talked about it on the podcast yeah. where they have chosen to take the risk of, not the risk, but the, um, the step forward of getting themselves to a place if they don't have a local f- festival to yeah. put themselves in that area and be like, I'm already here type of, type of vibe, you know? I, I know that you corrected and saying like risk. Yeah, uh, it is risk. Yeah. Right, but at the same time is an investment in right. your brand, in your career. You know, right. like I did it at, at the beginning of my career where I was like, no one's gonna fly me out to, let's say, Orlando when I'm in DC. Yeah. Even though it's not a crazy long flight or expensive flight, I'm, it's an added on expense to an, an artist that otherwise doesn't doesn't have that sort of budget. Right. So right. in my head I was like, okay, well, I'll be a non-exclusive, I'll fly myself out, put myself in a hotel, you know, I, I did the cheap flights, the cheap hotels, you know, to try to minimize my expenses right. and then maximize it by trying to book as many artists as I can at a festival. To piggyback off yeah. the, the email, it's like you, you almost want to think about their experience, obviously. So yeah. for you, it's I'm going to add a PDF and I think people look at it from a tier option. It's almost yeah. like the email is like how you're hooking them. Yeah. Here's an easy way to see some of my stuff and then they're going to naturally go, if they are interested, if you've hooked them with that, yeah. they're going to go and look at your website and you want to make sure your website is just as dialed for their experience. Yeah. And same with your Instagram, you yeah. know what I mean? If you're sending them, they click on your Instagram because they don't care about the PDF or they don't care about the website or anything you said, and they see a bunch of like pictures of your dog, yeah. you know <laughs> right. what I mean? They're going to yeah. be like, well, this yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. But you like really want to structure that path. But I also think it's interesting too, like how you're talking about taking the, it is a risk obviously in an investment at the same time because at, for people that are listening, I, and I'm interested in it for you, from your standpoint, it's like, yeah. what do you do if you don't have the budget to fly yourself somewhere and how can you get that budget to be able to set yourself up to get yourself to a festival or get yourself to drive seven hours eight hours Dave would do it he literally drive two hours every single day or back and forth in Texas just to be in Austin and then go to where he stays and it's like back and forth what do you suggest to people who are trying to get to the point where they could send themselves out like how do you do that I would say everything is a process everything is a step so 
how to get the money to, let's say, take the step where you're gonna fly yourself out is right. start locally. Start shooting shows locally at your venues or for local blogs, anything that can earn you a, a paycheck. And at the same time, you know, I tell a lot of kids who hit me up, they're like, I wanna quit my job or, cause I wanna go into this. And I was like, keep your job. Cause right. you know what? That's giving you money that you don't have currently. Mm -hmm. And that may finance your camera purchases and your accessories and your flights and anything that you need to do that you're gonna invest into a career in photography or videography, um, use it. Right. You know, and that's something that a lot of them kind of undervalue. You know, like I understand, like you know, we all want to leave these day jobs, you know, because we all want to do what we love and create. And but if if it's there and it's helping you, it's it's added value to what you're already doing. Yes, you may not have all the time, but you can you'll figure it out. Like right. it, it's just a process. It takes time. Yo, I just want to give a big shout out to everybody that pulled up on the most recent Black Window Cream live stream featuring Kavika Bonis, a VFX superstar. He's won two VMAs and he graced us with his presence. Kavika has worked with some of the biggest names in the world and in this stream we broke down the most important fundamental skills a videographer needs to learn first when entering the visual effects world, the power of creating spec work to showcase your talents as a creator, and lastly, the best way to go about building clients as a VFX artist. Our attendees were able to join us via video chat and ask their specific questions directly to Kavika. And they asked some amazing questions. If you missed the stream and you wanna check out the hour and a half long replay, click the link in our description below and you'll get instant access as soon as you register. All right, now back to the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that because we literally just did a, by the time people listen to this, last week we had talked about exactly that topic. Okay. And uh, the, the topic of like, trying to leave a job and go freelance. And then we had our, our friend Scotty come on and tell us the value of keeping your job if you're not ready. And in your podcast, you were like a yeah. financial advisor yeah. working on your portfolio on the side. And it wasn't until you had really built a name for yourself in the city where you were like, all right, now it's time to go. Yeah, and right. I feel like that's an important part in this conversation because um, I don't know, there can be people who think like, oh, I just want to be hired for a festival. But like, the best way to get hired for a festival is to have a really dope portfolio yeah. of show work. And the way you can build that on a low level is shoot everything in your city that oh. shows you can shoot a show like crazy so that when they see it, it's like, yeah. oh, he's done, he does this. He or she does this. You know, they, they shoot shows all the time. And you, yeah. and I, I remember you talking about that. Everyone, can you explain exactly yeah, like that, that's the portfolio key. showing part? Shoot everything. Yeah. Like that's such a, you know, I don't, I don't, I often feel like the show itself, it, it's so, it takes, such a precedence on like trying to what you're trying to do that right. you don't think of like the other things you could be working on like mm. you know something as small as portraits because right. you, know, you never know how those portraits can be used in festival photography which you see it all over all over it's it's what really makes the festival money is right. the photos of the fans and the attendees and all of that yeah that's what they want to see that's what they end up posting right. so like if you have an understanding of how to take portraits guess what like you're bringing that value to that uh, photography team yeah um, and a, a lot of these photo teams have people who are, are very specific to the job they do like mm. some of them shoot sponsors some of them obviously are assigned to the artists and stages some of them are assigned to just walk around the entire venue and shoot portraits all day right and if you have someone that can bring in that specific value it's I mean it's crazy that's why yeah you need to work on on learning everything the better how to, how to how to photograph everything like it, okay so say say you're a person that wants to get to the point where you're allowed on stage or in the pit to shoot the artist right but the festival is only giving you this access to maybe shoot say say you're interested you're not interested in shooting portraits all day long yeah but that is a job that needs to be filled and they may have filled all the other jobs that cover the artists 
I think people, some people feel like they have already earned this spot in the pit, right? Right. I have a story for this to explain. But let me finish myself because I know I'll fucking forget. One thing to think about is you can use that experience at that festival to do the job that you don't necessarily want to do this time around compiling that with content that you've gotten elsewhere and use that as a selling point to make other festivals think they hired you to do, to shoot the pit. Facts. Oh, cool. Look at this. This, I got to shoot for this festival and this festival and this festival, but really you, you didn't do what you wanted to do at those festivals, but you can use that as leverage to be like, I'm confident. Here's, here's proof of me shooting the artist and on stage on, on stage at a different venue elsewhere that you've shot a year before that festival. And you use that as leverage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I literally have a story. This exactly. I love that you brought that up. Um, because it is, I think it is important to check yourself a bit because for example, I'll just give a story. So, uh, yeah, I shot a bunch of shows in Austin was like, how did, you know, my portfolio at that time I thought was tight. Come over here to LA, do Coachella stuff, go back. There's a festival in Texas and I get in contact with the team. They've been noticing my stuff, whatever. And I'm trying to get on this team to shoot. And so I get in the door, they like my stuff and they offer me a spot to shoot for free, but to shoot only like no artist shots. I can only shoot activations and fans, right? And I'm, at that point, it was like a, I maybe thinking I'm a hot shot. I get I have a check to my ego because I'm like, you see all my work. I obviously can shoot artists. I want to shoot artists, right? And all this stuff. And what I realized, what you have to realize, kind of, and what I realized in that moment was these festival teams are like families, right? So they're going to be hiring the people they already know. For example, Greg Noir shoots that, shoots that festival. So who am I to come in and be like, he shot, he shot it maybe you know for five, six years straight. Right. Who am I, at that point in my career, who am I to be like, oh, I need to shoot artists too. And then what I, what I realized in that moment was that was an opportunity, they were handing me an opportunity to come in, to prove myself that I can do the things that they want, like go out and get, like imagine if I would've went there and got the illest activation shots or fan shots or got fan stuff or, I mean, excuse me, um, you know, art installations or whatever. Right. And then the next time the festival came around, I've already, that's my job interview. I already mm-hmm. showed you I can do that. And then uh, on, that on top of with the rest of the work for my that year, I could have um, elevated into a spot that I wanted to be in. Right. So I feel like that could be an angle where it's like, you know, you don't, you can't just jump to, to the top level already, but maybe you can offer yourself to shoot that type of stuff, really get your foot in the door. Then you meet the team, you meet the team director, you meet the, 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 uh, the rest of the photographers and you get in and that way, the next time around, you're already like a step on, a step ahead. When and you started, was it was it similar? Similar, and I, I mean, like you said, sometimes you got to check yourself. And I mean, I was uh, I'm, when I was already like deep in, like I want to say five, six years into doing tours and even doing a lot of festivals. I was hired to shoot a festival at EDC New York, and when I came in, I I thought to myself, I was like, my artist shots are fire, you know, my my festival work is incredible. And when they came in, they were like, we just need you to shoot one sponsor in this one installation. Like we already have so many, everybody else covering our thing, but we don't have one for this. That's what we need you to do. Right. And it's, it's you know, you gotta check your ego at the door. It's like, for me, it was like, well, you know what? I want one, the paycheck. Yeah. And right. two, I wanted that in with that company. I was like, why wouldn't I wanna do that? Like, right. And, and I just came in, I was like the same way I would shoot a stage. It's the same way I'm gonna approach shooting a sponsor. Or like you said, an activation. So you're bringing that added value to that festival team. And you can like triple dip. It's like, yeah. okay, cool. You've just built, you you created the loving relationship with the family, like Dave talked about at yeah. the festival, these people that are gonna hire you the next time they do a festival. Yeah. And they're gonna keep doing these festivals because they make fucking shit tons of money. Right. And then you also, say you get put in activation, even portraits. Activations, 
say Mountain Dew sponsors whoever. Mountain Dew is just there. They already paid a shit ton of money to yeah. be there. They built this fucking wild Ferris wheel that makes the blood rush to your head or whatever, and everyone has a blast, and they want to go there. Um, and they may bring their own content people. Right. Those content people may be bums and not great. Let's just say. Okay? <laughs> you have an opportunity to come in to make the festival look fucking great. Yeah. You want the festival to shine on their socials and on their website and use that for promo in the future. But also, this is a time for you to really 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 make this brand shine and then build that relationship i'm sure there's a rep on site that you'd be working with directly right. within that activation you could be creating the content and starting to find an email or whatever it is to start letting them know you made that shit so when the next event comes where they do a bunch of uh, uh what's it called like another activation a pop-up they're gonna think about your name because yeah. you made that shit look insane at this thing and you might not even got paid that day yeah you know what i mean that's right. what's crazy i that's, don't think people I think love, like I that i love that point that that's like that's being strategic and playing chess i feel like because yeah. now you're you know you're making an impression on the festival you're making an impression on a brand mm. and the then the brand could be telling the festival oh you know danilo was amazing to work with we got right. amazing content from it and then now what if monster hires you next time and the festival hires you next time now you got two jobs off that free opportunity so did you not do that job well, it turns out we ended up going on tour. Oh, uh, like that festival was happening this the two days before we flew out. Oh. So, but that opportunity was going to happen. I was still that was in my limbo. So I was like, that was going to be like my my first move if we didn't go on tour. Right. And um, I was going to take it, but then like that's basically that next day we got a call that we were leaving. So right. I, I was like, I'm, I got to pack and spend time with my girlfriend. So I didn't go. But <laughs> the uh, switch switch gears to. <laughs> Coming up, like for creators that are trying to, st- uh, maybe they have experience in the festival game. They've ha- been able to shoot several or a few. Yeah. Negotiating your rate. How, what do you suggest for people that are trying to negotiate their w- rate with those festivals? And what do you know from the festival on the inside, from the team's perspective? Because you have to, I would imagine in the festival circuit, these guys, whoever's overseeing the, all the creators that are working for the festival, they get one lump sum of money and they have to divide it between 20 to 30 sometimes photographers and videographers and they have to find a way to meet all the deliverables and yeah. create a documentary and have all these photos of these artists and yeah. split up the money. So what, how, how would you kind of, what would be your advice for someone that's trying to find a, 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 maybe an entry level rate starting out and then working up? What I would say to that is um, more often than not, that is already set for you. Mm. Um, the budget is already set. So there's only a specific amount. Um, it's, if you're starting out I mean, you'll probably take a lower rate than normal. Um, the problem is, is figuring out what that normal is when it comes to the festival. Some are much bigger than others, so some of them have crazy budgets. Some right. of them don't have crazy budgets. Sometimes the smaller festivals, you will probably earn more than a festival, like say, like Coachella, right. that has thirty photographers on staff. Let's say a festival has five photographers on staff. To me, like I've made more money on some of the festivals that were less team members than the festivals that were more team members. That makes yeah, sense. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's like most people think like, I was like, no, I, I wanna do the biggest one. I was like, sure, but there's so many other one opportunities that you can take. Now, again, like what is it, what's a good rate to start? Like, and again, like that, it will be on a case by case basis based sure. on, on the festival, the size of the festival, the budget of the festival, the size of the team. All right. Um, are they usually, are, uh, 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 numbers is hard because you never know, like, yeah. Your rate is 100% different than someone that's just starting, right. 100%. But, like, uh, you know, it's three days. You're shooting all three days, you know, so it's 12 it, hours. 12 usually. hours a day. So right. it's like, are, are they usually packaging it like a day rate or like a total yeah. weekend rate or something? Um, usually, it, what will happen is like they'll tell you, it's like, hey, your day rate's going to be this. So for the weekend, you'll get paid 
X right. amount of money. Two days. Total right. Exactly. One of the good things is of being like as, as far as like uh, let's say even if you take a low rate, like you're starting out, like one of the things you, you should consider as far as like okay, maybe I'm starting out. I'm, I would have liked to have gotten paid more. Maybe the budget isn't there. I'll have to take a cut. But your flights are being paid for, your accommodations are being paid for because you're part of that team. Right. So that's like again another investment, especially right. when you're just starting out. Where it's like, I remember my first festival that I did, um, I took I want to say almost like half what I would have normally wanted to take as a day rate. Right. Um, just to get myself into these teams right. that, that were just starting to pop up, which is when I when I spoke about it, I was like I could see like the migration from the venues and the concerts into the festival world, where right. it's like that's where the money's gonna be for the next X amount of years. Did you see, okay, so with that that as a case study, yeah. you took half your rate on the first time working with them. Yeah. Over a case of time, did you find yourself starting to earn more money as a repeat, cost, uh, having them be a repeat client, you yeah, know what I mean? Definitely, because like with you any festival, they're all growing. Mm-hmm. So the next year, whatever the budget they had the previous year, guess what, now there's more budget, mm-hmm. either to bring more people in or to compensate the, the current team even better. Right. Um, and that's what I saw. Like um, one, I saw the growth in both the festival size, which meant the, the team-wise grew, but also the money grew. And right. little by little, I was starting to earn more and more and more. Um, I mean, to the point like some of the, Last festivals I did, it was like some of the, at least for a weekend rate. Uh, that's where I, how I started viewing it was a weekend rate. Right, weekend rate instead of like a yeah, daily yeah, rate. Yeah, I'm right. like, for a weekend rate, this is fantastic. Let's let's keep doing this right. every weekend. Right. Um, but it took time, you know. It's yeah. like, when I started, it's when a lot of, especially like the EDM festivals, like right before the bubble, like I want to say maybe like a few months right before the bubble hit, and it's when it just went crazy, where it was like a festival almost every weekend happening. Yeah, now and now there's festivals all over every yeah. city all summer. I think uh, th- when it comes down to this, I feel like the super key is is understanding that like there's this closed door, right? And there's and behind the door, it's this team, a family that's running these festivals that there's that they're gonna all hire each other for the next one. Yeah, you know what I mean. And the way to get in that door, like you just have to get in that door, get in that door, prove yourself make good relationships. If they like you, if your work is good, you have an awesome chance to get hired for another one and also be connected. For example, like if you work at a festival and I work with you and we, be, we become homies, we chop it up all weekend. You're like, oh, this guy works hard. And then I know you're shooting a festival next month and you're like, you know what? I'm going to introduce you to this person because like I really liked working with you. Yeah. And then now I'm shooting for that festival and I'm part of that family. And I feel like that's how this kind of works. It's, it's all about the networking, obviously. Um, one important fact that you, like you were just talking about it is being a team player. Mm-hmm. Like when you're in one of these festival teams, again, like you, you may be asked to do things that normally you wouldn't care to do, but that's part of being on that team, like shooting sponsors, shooting people, activations. Like it's not, you know, it may not be the most glorious of jobs, but it's going to get your, your foot in the door, especially with these teams. Like you said, they're families and it's just, be, you know, being part of that team, like learning to we talked about it earlier like checking that ego at the door like you know not everyone can be on the same on the stage at the same time like learn to bring more value than than what you think you're gonna bring right i mean my i would say like my first major festival that i did by myself there was no photo team there the festival only hired getty photographers so all the getty photographers all they did was go to the pit three songs done out back to the trailer they had an editor editing their photos yeah, yeah. Like always. and you know, they would hang out and I would come back to the trailer being like, man, these guys are just smoking, hanging out, eating, yeah. you know, I'm just like sweat, sweating bullets. Right. And I took it upon myself to say, I was like, this festival does not have 
that team aspect where the sponsors are not being taken care of, the people, the activations, like you said, all that. And I, I, in my episode, I said it was like that first festival I did, I knocked out 90% of that shot list by myself. Yeah, insane. I mean, I was exhausted. Right. But the next day, that team was mine. Like, right. The, I'm sorry, the next year that yeah, the festival they're happened. Yeah, coming right back to you to, to lead they it. Came, Run it. I was the right. first person. They were like, we got rid of everyone from Getty except for one who was like a grandfather and type of photographer. This is your team now. Pick whoever you want to bring. And, and like That's you said. That's incredible. I knew guys who did great work for me, right. and I just brought in my homies. I was yeah, like, "Hey, yeah. I already I know how these these guys work." And it's like you said, like bring that value in, work hard, do your things. How you you know, just just like you would shoot an artist, shoot an activation. Like right. you would shoot a stage, shoot the sponsor, shoot everything. And also yeah. to piggyback off that, it's like when you look at the aspect of working for a major festival or a small startup festival that might not have as many stages or activations or whatever. Yeah you could potentially make more money working for those festivals. I think even as a creator that has an in or maybe sparked the conversation, it's worth it to come to them with not just yourself, but maybe adding or building a packaged team as well. Yeah. So you could upsell the entire thing. So you could say, hey, me, uh, this chick, she's crazy at this type of content. This dude's really good at this type of content. And we'll all three come there for whatever the rate is. Yeah. You know what I mean? You lay that right. on the table and they're and like, oh my God, like we've never, We've never had that or we've never had video and photo or yeah. whatever the fuck. Right. But I also think that is a way to upsell a charge more. And then, like you said, it's hard to decide. It's always case by case. And some of these festivals don't know what to spend. Some of them know exactly what to spend. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, there's a million photo video kids that all want to get access to these stages and they'll do anything for free. So they'll take a lot of people up on that offer, which becomes kind of stressful, I think. Yeah. And um I mean, I, I've, I've been part of teams, for example, that um, let's say there was an East Coast festival happening and we decided that, okay, we can't bring some of the you know, guys who are a little further away. Like, let's keep the, the team aspect, guys who are pretty near uh, where the venue is going to be, where the festival is going to be at. So it's like we're trying to, you know, they, they try to work with these uh, marketing companies, these festival companies. Yeah. I was like, hey, like, this is our budget. Like, can you work with us? And it's like, they will find a way to do it. Yeah. And the reason for that is, they're gonna come in. They're gonna crush it, and they're gonna they're gonna the festival is gonna see like wow like I can, like the value that these guys brought in it's astronomical. Yeah. So that's gonna merge into bigger budgets next year, or even like for example, I remember doing this one festival the first year that it happened that was owned by um, AG. Um, came in, we decided it was in New York. Decided to bring all either New York guys or like DC guys that it will take just a train ride instead of like a flight or anything like that. Right, we, right, right. we all like packed ourselves in into an Airbnb to save on, on the money for, of like hotels. You know, for like, we, I think we had like 10 or 12 photographers that year. <laughs> and it's like, you know, 12 rooms yeah. versus like one Airbnb. Yes, we were packed, but it was like, we were trying to build that relationship. Right. Finish that festival. Within two weeks of us delivering that photo, they came back and we're like, hey, we have these 10 other, fe 10 other festivals, brands that we manage. Can you guys just come in and do it? Right. That's part of it. Like, hey, like we, like I'll, these teams are going to do that. They're going to help like build their brands just like an individual helps build their own brand. Yeah. yeah. It's cool yeah. to be at a festival and you see these crews starting to walk around like everyone's building yeah. their own entity. And, and, and sometimes I've talked to a couple of creators that I'll see on, on these like come up crews where yeah. they're like putting 50 people and they're all doing hyperlapse teams and you yeah. have this type <laughs> team. And like, yeah. and some of them have been like, yeah, it's kind of shitty. Like it's pretty terrible pay. And whatever, but, but they're if you, making the best out of it. But That's if you stick with it, your the pay will come. Right. You know, it's just like with anything, like you start touring, you're, you know, your fee isn't going to be the greatest fee ever. But as you, as the years come and you start to learn and you start to build a portfolio, right. 
your your fees gonna go higher you know you're gonna go with artists that are you know paying much like much higher than that you right know? It's, it's just again it's just a process yeah i think i want just ending on the last point i feel like that you know you it's so important to invest in your portfolio so even if you are taking a low pay gig or you're maybe you're flying yourself out like you want to invest in the portfolio that's going to get you that bigger that bigger pay in the future you want your portfolio to look like you deserve to be paid x yeah. because you shoot the, i've been here and i've shot this and it's all about that game of just being able to portray that you have the skills and then there's going to be that one festival that locks you in and then yeah. that's your rate and then you're, you're moving so and i feel a, like and a tip too because i'm thinking about I'm trying to, I always think about my town, like yeah. where I'm from. We had no major music vi- venue. Like uh, we had one venue that opened up to 800 cap for like a couple months and it closed because we couldn't afford it. Right. So what I would love to advise creatives in that space who are really trying to build that portfolio because there's so much, like we talk so much about, you're not going to get that good of pay, like starting out, blah, blah, blah. You're not going to get paid at all if you have nothing to show for it. And it is so easy to get access to your local if you can find a dive bar and there's a fucking jam band playing and you can make them look ill like yeah. it it's an investment on yourself to go to those venues and find creative ways to make even the smallest band look amazing that's showing that you know how to shoot photos right that's the skill and i will add on i mean your hometown you're from iowa yeah right i mean there's the iowa state fair that's cool. a, that's a, but even that might not be competitive to get into, but you may think of it. That's not a festival. I'm like, well, they have acts coming in and they're performing. Oh, every they had Slipknot last year. Fucking we, we played it last year. Oh yeah. You guys played last yeah, year yeah. too. Damn. I forgot about that. You were telling me uh, that. Yeah, I totally yeah, forgot yeah, about so that. In my head, I'm like, that's another avenue. It's like, you may not Fairs, think you hear, you hear state fair. You may like, you may not think it was like, ah, oh, that's not a festival. It's like, no, no, but there's so many things attached to that, that you could do yeah. to build on that portfolio. Right. right. Yeah. When, if you need pricing help, how to charge a client guide, link in bio. There we you got go. we got one for you. We'll teach you that. <laughs> no, I think this is great, man. I love this is, uh, a, lot, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I think this is a great topic. I hope people, you know, walk away with something from it. Yeah. It's so valuable. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? No. Thanks for having me again. I love I love doing the Black Winter Queen podcast. That's right. You're exactly. welcome anytime. You're welcome anytime. Have, there's plenty probably plenty of photography topics we'll like, pick your brain on. Oh my god. Let's do it. Um, um if you're listening uh, and you made this far, please leave us your takeaways in the comment section on our YouTube channel. Subscribe to us on any podcast platform um follow us on black window cream on instagram that'd be nice listen listen to daniel's episode it's 120 episode 120 uh we'll put a link in the thing obviously and follow the boy because motherfucker is a beast if you want motivation and inspiration (laughs) you just gotta follow his instagram that's that's all it is uh that's cool uh we'll see you next week you bitch. bitch